Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. 8 a.m. Saturday, March 5th. My name is Michael Zuber, author of two amazing books, One Rental at a Time. Did you know you get this in hard copy now? Yep, hard copy. And of course, the one I wrote for you, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. I wrote this one for me. I wrote this one for you. This one was the way I could go back and look at our crazy 15-year journey. This is the one that is supposed to help you stay in the game. Real estate investing does amazing things for you, but you've got to stay in. The first three, four, five years are slow. Uh, It really tests you. Uh, That's why I had to get 15 stories from other folks uh, that talk about the journey. So this one was for me. This one is for you. Put those right there. As uh, hopefully you saw in the daily financial news and a video I put out yesterday at 7, we have officially hit our 500 challenge. The lumberjack landlord gets the honor of number 500. He closed on a six-unit building. Uh, the day before yesterday to get us to 500. So we are there. But remember, this is step one on a journey that will probably take decades. You and I, you and I are going to be doing this for a while, right? Real estate investing is not age specific. It is something you and I should be doing for decades. It does take time. But once you get in, you can either get the income snowball like Dion likes to talk about that it helps you buy the next one, helps you pay off stuff. Or you could recycle capital, which was a huge benefit to myself, uh, Matt, Anna, and and others. Either strategy is great. On this channel, we talk about getting the four. Four is life-changing. I've heard it from so many of you. This is not about setting unrealistic expectations that I need a 1,000 and you're at zero. This is about doing the work figuring out average, understanding yield or cash on cash, and then just focus in daily discipline. That's hopefully what you see in my channel is daily discipline and focus. I try to lead by example where appropriate. Um, I try to inspire, but remember, you guys inspire me too. I was tagged on Instagram. Hopefully you can see that. These things, when you do this for me, You take a moment to tag me on Instagram. I'm going to cut it out and put it on that board right outside. And then you send me notes. Send me notes. I print them out and put them on the board. My hope is I just keep adding boards. I got a lot of wall space. And I'm willing to put up as many kind of cork boards as required. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I will keep doing what I can. But remember, all of this depends on you. My most common phrase, and I'm glad it is, is this one right here. 
Can you see that? It doesn't. Oh, there it goes. Do the work. That's what I want to be known for. Do the work. If you go to my website, you can see the hats, some stickers, um, lots of cool swag. Sometimes you need to remind yourself. I don't care what the work is, right? If you want to do real estate investing, here you go. We've got the path plus all the bonus sections. If it's lose weight, do the work. If it's learn a second language, do the work. You want to play music, do the work. Sometimes you just need to remind yourself. I have a black one. Where is it? I don't know. Where are my black hats? <laughs> I must have given them away. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see what's going on. Let's get some questions going because this is for you. But we will talk about the real estate market. Real estate market does it have to crash? If it crashes, where's the pain? Where does the pain come first? So, let's welcome everyone. Good morning, Chester. Hey, Jeffrey. Ultimate bargains. Yeah, Sunny's down there asleep. Lumberjack, Mister Five Hundred. How are you, Mandy? Good morning. MC, good morning. Better a home rental. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning. Uh, congrats on 500. Nope. Congrats to all of you. Um, I'm only one piece of a big wheel that produced the 500. In fact, all of you did the 500. I didn't count any of mine in the 500. Um, so that's, um, yeah, it's all of you. All of you did the work. And I, I really want to, I really want to speak to the person who didn't get a card yet. I hear from you. I know what you're feeling. You, you've been watching my channel. Uh, you've been doing the work, but you haven't got a deal yet. And maybe you feel stressed or upset. I want you to hear me. I'm just as proud as proud of you for doing the work. This is a, this is a game of consistency. Your time will come. The market has been as hardest I've ever seen it. It has never been harder than it is today. I want you to realize that that's good news. Because if you can do the work now, every other time in the next 20 years will be easier. Some of you have the down payment. Some of you have money burning a hole in your pocket. And you're like, damn it, I want one of those cards. I never give you permission to do a bad or average deal. I... I I hope you're writing offers, right? If your number, let's say, let's say there's a property listed. For example, uh, Ryan sent me a note that's on my board. Ryan, it's in our private Facebook group. If you haven't seen it, from memory, Ryan sent us a picture of the house saying, "Daily discipline and focus works." This this house, nice house, came out at ninety eight grand in his market. Some of you are hearing ninety eight grand and going, "Buy it, buy it, buy it." But no, in that market, it was overpriced. But he noted it. I think it was October, maybe November of last year. Sure enough, three, four weeks later, it had a price drop. Not a lot, but some. Fast forward four or five months, he picks it up for 20 grand less, like 78 grand. That's what it's about. It's finding those situations where you can get a deal done that is great. Yeah, the deal might have worked at 85, but it would have been average. He made a great deal happen because he was patient. So I know I'm celebrating 500, now 506. It feels great. I feel very excited for everyone that closed, but I want you to realize I'm just excited for the people that haven't closed yet. 
If you're doing the work and you can say to me what average is in your market, cool. If you're writing good or great offers that some other person overpays for, cool. The market's going to change this year. And it's the people that do the work that will see it first. I'm already hearing from people that, oh my God, Michael, you're right. My buy box has more. And it will happen suddenly. It'll happen at different rates in different cities, but it will happen. The consumer cost of capital, all the things I've been studying for the years, it just, it just happens in cycles and it's turning in our favor. So keep doing the work. Where was I? I think I got to Mandy. Oh no, I got to better homes. Nathan, good morning. Oh yeah. 500. Yep. Chester. Good morning, Matt. Yep. Dion, howdy. How you doing? Paul V. Good morning. Vatsal. Good morning. Nathan. Good morning. Tamika. Good morning. WT. Good morning. Question. All right. Questions. Have you started seeing the impact measurable of having the office space? Um, not well measurable. Uh, so it's funny. I've said I, last month, so February was the worst month for course sales ever. Ever, we sold uh, or I sold or whatever the right word is. I think we sold 12 courses in February, which is my first full month because we moved in early January or I don't know, the 10th of January. Um, so right now the answer is not good, but it's certainly measurable. Yeah, we I think we average, we average about 40 course sales, but we only had 12 in February. Part of me... Part of me takes ownership of that because I don't talk about it a lot. I don't market. I don't do ads. But the other part of me is like, I wonder if this is a sign that the consumer is tapped out. Because my course is ridiculously cheap, right? Cheap, right? 320 bucks. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So that's not good. Uh, I can tell you I'm ecstatic. I have my creative juices are much more. So I just bought a new whiteboard. It was delivered yesterday. I haven't brought it to the office yet because my car doesn't fit a big whiteboard. I need a truck. Um, but I, I'm, I'm happier. I can do more stuff. My cork boards out there. Awesome. Um, I go buy them every day. I have a vision board, which I've never had before. That feels good. So I feel better. I love my neon sign. Um, so right now, the office is just a big money pit. I think, let me think. I have probably spent 15 grand. And I'm almost done. Yeah, I think I've spent 15 grand filling it up, making it nice. Oh, no, more than that. I forgot it took five grand to paint the damn place. No, so it's like 20 grand. Man. Yeah. So not really, not really, not measurable yet, but I feel good about it. Daily discipline. Yep. Chester, Ryan, good morning. Congrats on your deal. Romy, good morning. Uh, Faraz, good morning. Romy. Okay. What's the best way to find off market motivated sellers? And what are the top three types of motivated sellers for real estate investors in term, term successful closing a great deal? Um, it sort of depends on who you are as an individual, Romy. 
uh, a lot of the people that follow one rental at a time have full-time jobs. Uh, so the whole idea of doing postcards and door knocking and uh, texting and all of that is um, not really an option. Although I know plenty of people that do it. So again, if it fits your situation, um, reaching out. And again, I'm very, I, I think a lot of wholesalers have the following statement wrong. A lot of wholesalers reach out and basically say, hey, I want to buy your house. Hey, are you the owner of 123 Main Street? I want to buy it. I strongly suggest you reach out to the owners. And there's a difference, right? Because I, I, I own a couple pieces of real estate and these people somehow find my phone number and they blow me up. You guys are doing it all wrong. You're not building a relationship. You're not adding value. You're frankly just annoying me. But kind of number one, Romy, uh, if you have the capability to reach out to owners directly, that certainly works. I know people that do it well. In fact, the number one investor in Fresno has been doing direct mail consistently for four years. And you have to be consistent. He's getting, he's getting deals now from people who have postcards that are two or three years old. So that is the number one way. However, that's not for everyone. It's not for most people. And it's never been for me. Number two is networking. This is something uh, that I'm particularly good at when I want to focus on it. And I've done nine deals in the last two and a half years since the pandemic, all of them off market, all of them from my network. About half from wholesalers, because I perform. Half from real estate agents, pocket listings. And the last couple were direct from owners who I had had contact with. So Romy, the next is number two. And this is one all of you should do. Is you should tell everybody you speak with what your buy box is. You never know when you tell that person when you'll get a phone call. My deal of the decade for 2020 was an off-market deal direct from a seller where I bought 14 units. I bought two fourplexes, a triplex, no, 15, four, eight, no, 14. I thought it was four houses. It must have been 15 because there's two fourplexes, a triplex, and four houses, whatever that adds up to. We got it for about 900 grand, I think. Today, that package is worth... almost double. And it was directly from an owner who I bought one house from five years ago. He called me up and said, Hey, you talked to me about seller financing. You know, thank you. You I've always, it's always been something I've thought about. I want to go travel the world. This was before the pandemic, right before the pandemic actually. And um, yeah, deal of the decade, right? Handed me roughly now a million bucks or thereabouts lots of cash flow direct from an owner I talked with five one conversation five years ago so that's number two uh, number three is just what I teach the focus in daily discipline look if you're in look look in our Facebook group Ryan Ruff uh, right there above you posted a picture of a house uh, that was listed in November that he bought in March March 2nd I think in a changing or a slowdown real estate market, you are suddenly going to find motivated sellers. Some people will list at stupid prices and take it off the market. They're not motivated. 
Others will go, God damn it. I missed it. I got to sell because I need this. I need that. Daily disciplines, number three. So those are my three uh, ways to find motivated sellers. And what there was a second part. Uh, motivated sellers for real estate in terms of success. Yeah, those are the three. Direct mail, right? Direct reach out. Uh, number two is network. Tell everybody your buy box. And number three is daily discipline. Those are my three, Romy. Hope they help. Uh, where are we? Michael. Uh, yep. You're very welcome. Good morning. Truck Mao. Good morning. Sean, could you do a video comparing the 40s versus 70s and why you think the 70s instead? I can talk about it right now. I, I might do a video. So the first and biggest reason for me is we manufactured stuff in the 40s. Specifically, the one of the reasons we got out of that quagmire is because we were manufacturing tanks and airplanes and helmets and bullets and all of that stuff, right? We were, we were manufacturing. Today, we are largely a service economy. That's, that's number one. Number two, I believe we are going through um, supply shocks like the oil embargo. I believe it started uh, in other parts of the economy, uh, but now oil is going to be a problem. Uh, I realize that the 40s, people talk about GDP and debt to GDP and all of that. I know people talk about the, the dollar coming off the gold standard. I get it. I just think it all boils down to the consumer. And in the 40s, we made stuff. The 70s, we kind of made stuff. But the 70s is a lot closer to today. That's why. And also the 40s, let's not forget, we were coming off a Great Recession. Or I'm sorry, the Great Depression. So we had a really, really low base. We were not in a recession when all of this started. Um, we were, you know, some would say a pretty good economy. So again, nothing like, I, I don't, I understand the argument, especially when you look at debt, because people say today, the Fed can't raise rates because we can't pay our debts. Again, that's not true because if they wanted, they could just print the money to pay the debt. Two, you're doing the math wrong. When you make that argument, you're doing the math wrong. When you, um, when you, let's say the Fed takes the rate to eight percent, and suddenly we can't pay our debts. Well, that's going to crash the economy, and then the Fed can cut rates. So yeah, there'll be a couple of months where we're printing to pay debt, which is bad, but the world would stop, inflate, we deflate, the assets would reprice, and then the Feds would cut rates, and it'd be all over. So yeah, I don't, I don't see the '40s argument. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, maybe there's a bias because I remember the 70s. Like I'm sitting here, I can visualize gas lines. I still remember my dad pushing a car because um, he didn't want to turn it on as we were waiting in gas lines. It was bad. And I'm old, but I'm not old enough to remember the 40s. So yeah. Good morning, John. How are you? Chester, perfect case in my point. In my market, I've seen three investable deals out of 34. It's not bad. 31 alligators. Good for you doing the work. That was yesterday. And two of those cash flowing properties are already under contract. 
doing the work. People are finding deals. Uh, I think I need to talk to three realtors like Dan mentioned so I can get better awareness of properties that come onto the market. Yeah, you probably need to talk to 30 realtors, right? At a zero. Chester, in my course, um, one of the parts is networking. Try to meet, I think I, I think in the course we talk about two new people a week. You know, make it four. Go all out. Ask for referrals. Yeah. Nathan, question. How can you prepare and position our assets if the feds continue with 0.25 increase and don't raise aggressive? Should we be in stocks or more real estate? Um, I don't know. Everybody. It, it, mm. So let's just play this out. Kind of, All of this is just like dominoes to me. And the Fed does have two choices. Either rip the Band-Aid off fast, like we were all taught as kids, or rip it off one painful hair at a time. And quarter point raises are one hair at a time, just painful for years to come. Stagflation is here to come. So for me, if the Fed does that, I'm going to continue to buy as many great deals as I can and lock in 30-year debt. Because it's not, it's especially residential. If he raises a quarter point at a time for the next couple of years, where the pain will occur is commercial. I'm telling you, those reset periods are going to be nasty. Residential doesn't have that, right? You you do a deal at 300, the house suddenly is worth 150. Doesn't matter. Cash flows, pay the bills. The house comes back when the feds cut rates. But commercial, you have to refi at the wrong time. Not good. So one of the things that I'm doing, and I and and I I've done this before. It's in my book, right? It's in this book. We bought houses, residential, single family, one duplex, because they worked. It's all we knew. But suddenly we were trying to buy number nine. It didn't work. So we ten thirty one. I'm going to do that again. My plan is very simple. If it works once, it should work twice. I'm going to buy every residential piece of property that cash flows and produces a great deal or a great yield in my market. And then I expect the affordability in Fresno to fall, right? I think it's 42 today. Over the next year, two, three years, as Powell is weak in this example, prices will continue to go up. Payment will continue to go up. Eventually, it will be unaffordable. I will 1031 out of my houses, likely into apartments that are crashing. Commercial and residential move at different times. So that's my plan. I'm just going to do that again. And I think that's what happens. He raises a quarter point at a time. It really doesn't dent residential, especially when they bring out first-time buyer and 40-year mortgage. Residential is fine. The beauty of residential real estate is we have two buyers. We have investors and homeowners. And homeowners still own 62% of all homes. Residential is so safe given the lending standards today. So safe. Commercial, I've said it many times, commercial properties, 25-year AM, 3, 5, 7-year fixed, IO for 12 months, 
Bridge debt. Oh, bridge debt. Bad. If you're, if you're an LP or a GP doing deals today, I'm going to be standing on the sidelines in two, three, four years and buying stuff for 70 cents on the dollar. It's just going to happen, especially if Powell is weak and does a quarter point. Oh, which, oh, by the way, I think he's going to be weak. Thanks for answering my questions, Mike. Always golden, uh, but pragmatic. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good morning. Question. With oil being short supply, inflation will skyrocket for another decade. How significant is having cash flow real estate? Um, so there's a couple of things in that. Again, one guy's opinion, right? I don't know that oil really is in short supply. It's certainly in short supply in, as a finished product, right, in a barrel. But there's a lot of oil out there still. Um I certainly believe that we need to become more oil independent. Is that energy independent? Is that the right answer? Whether it's wind, sun, solar, EV, all that stuff. But there's oil out there. It's not in short supply. It is in short supply as a finished product. True. Uh, I do believe oil spikes uh, probably, probably for six months. No matter what happens, even if a peace treaty was signed tomorrow, I think the I think the supply chain is so damaged that it, it'll be a problem for a while. Um, but again, we had sixty dollar oil, what like a year ago. I I don't I don't see oil. You know, I don't see oil. Like I think oil can get to one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel pretty easily in the next forty five days. It, not a lot of bad stuff has to happen for that to occur. But do I think oil will be over $100 in a year? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. That said, I think really what you're asking for, uh, Prasanna, is um, do you see a lot of inflation? Because oil is going to be a big, big part of that. I think we're going to, I think what people aren't talking about today is food inflation. I think that's going to be a real problem. I think oil this time next month takes a backseat to food inflation. Right? Oil, you can you could not drive. You could you could get a bike. I mean, you you could do lots of other things. You could work from home for heaven's sakes. So oil, while it's very visible visible and you can take pictures. This thing that's going on in Europe or in Ukraine, man, wheat limit up, corn. Mm. I don't, it'll take a while for that to ripple through, but get ready for your cereal and other things just to skyrocket. That's a problem. So yeah, I want to have, I want to have cash flow real estate with fixed rate debt. Fixed rate debt. I want to be able to count on my largest expense being fixed. Yes, insurance could change. Yes, taxes couldn't change. But 30-year fixed rate debt is key. Yeah. Certainly having cash flow real estate is... Um, it's kind of everything. 
right? It gives you options because worst case scenario, you could sell it, especially, especially residential. This is what people don't get. I've been doing this a long time. And yes, bigger is better and Grant Cardone and syndications. And I get it. I get it. I have been in environments where nobody, you couldn't give away apartments. And if we get to a situation where uh, vacancies go up, evictions go up because mom and dad had to feed their kids versus pay their rent, it could get ugly and apartments could be like the worst thing to own. It could happen. Residential is so powerful because you have two buyers, investors and owners. So that's why I'm so happy I'm in, you know, predominantly in, in rentals or uh, residential. Are you considering locking in 40-year debt? Uh, no. Uh, but but let's answer that a little bit more. Where are we? Where did we go? Oh, where are we? Let's see. I'm trying to do this. Ultimate bargains. Yeah. Are you con are you so today I am basically 50. I am not gonna lock in 40-year debt. However, if I was starting my journey over at 30, you bet your ass I'd get 40-year debt. So it's kind of where you're at in life, right? I'm lucky enough to have already spent 20 years in this. I don't need to run my numbers that way. Um, uh, but yeah, so no, I'm not doing that today. Uh, but I would have in the beginning if I was starting over for sure. Good morning, Mickey. Chester, in a stagflationary environment, how widespread would the pain be, do you think? Would that be potential catalyst for finding more motivated sellers than ever, or is it a main catalyst affordability? Um, so Chester, that is really around, really, at least for us in residential, it's really about the unemployment rate. Right. I think there's a very good chance that the unemployment rate goes down this year, but goes up fast next year. And it is the unemployment rate that will lead to um, finding motivated sellers. Yeah. It's the unemployment rate. It's not really stagflation. Uh, it's the fact that I think uh, the cost of capital is going to go up. There's going to be a lot less businesses able to, because there's a lot of businesses today that are running because they can borrow money. They're bad business. Look at all those damn tech stocks that are still losing money every month. And some of them are losing money faster. It's just amazing. Um, a lot of them exist because they can borrow money. That's going to stop. Yeah. So I, it's for me, it's about watching the unemployment rate. It doesn't matter, stagflation. Um, yeah, it's about the unemployment rate. Please reform that a brand new investor should stay away from using HELOC due to fear of missing out. Like Maskey told me, just stockpile cash for now, especially in today's alligator market. I certainly do not believe in HELOCs. Um, I think adding debt to where you sleep at night, your family sleeps at night, is a horrible idea. Uh, unless, right, there is a caveat because I've used it, unless you have a plan to pay it off in a year. For example, when I was doing this, I had a commission-based job and I would get chunks of money every 30 or 60 days. I took, I used our HELOC 
three, four, five times in 2012 and 13. But I had chunks of money that I could count on coming in to pay it off. So if you are in a situation where you have a deal, a great deal, and you're like 90 days away from getting a pile of money, okay, fine. Use your HELOC, pay it off in 90 days. But that's not most of you. Most of you, if you take out the 40 grand on your HELOC, would take years to pay off. I don't like that idea. I certainly don't like that idea. That's just me. So hopefully that makes sense. Hi, uh, good morning. Hi, Sid. How are you? Uh, is 3D printing disruption in five years and will it bring in abundance? How do you foresee this playing out? Um, so in my opinion, one of the things that we're going to see over the next decade, I don't know if it's five years or not, but I'll safely say the next decade is we are going to see smaller homes. We just are. We're going to see smaller homes, whether those are 3d printed homes, container homes, tiny homes. I don't care, but we'll see them. One of the things that's going to come out of this is the average home that's being built will shrink. It'll go from, I don't know, 2,200 square feet to 1,000. More houses per area of dirt. Um, I hope it's 3D printed homes. It seems to make the most sense to me. Uh, but frankly, I'm agnostic how it gets there. We need more. It needs to be cheap, cheaper. Um, if I was president for a day, it would be something that I would be pushing for. Yeah. Yeah, something, something's got to break. Something's got to break. Whether it's 3D, tank container homes, tiny homes, kit homes, whatever they are, something has to give. Jay, purchased a house about nine months ago. Cool. And I'm currently house hacking. Obviously, it's going to take some time to raise some capital due to recommended saving to get multi or single family. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, I've, I've said it many times. I'll say it again here. The first three to four to five years are slow. Jay, it was slow for me. It was slow for Dion. It was slow for Matt. It was slow for Anna. I don't know what to tell you. Keep plugging away. Keep going. It's so worth it. The first four to five years, painfully slow. But it gets so much better. Just keep going. Nothing like doing the work during a live stream. 11 homes in my buy box today. All average or below deals. Learning small multi in my market. Awesome. One thing I would tell you, John, just for fun, like in this market, the idea is you got to start playing, right? You got to you got to create excitement. So, John, take three of those homes, or small properties, or whatever. Take three of them, and figure out what you would have to offer to make them a great deal. Just for fun, right? Maybe they're listed at one ninety eight. You do the math, and you're like, "Well, oh, if I could buy them at one seventy two, they're a great deal." Because what's going to happen? And Ryan Ruff proved, and if you're in my Facebook group, scroll through it, you'll see it. This is going to happen for all of you. You are going to find a house 
or a duplex or a quad that just sits. This is what a housing slowdown is. Ryan found a house overpriced at 98. It was a bad deal, but he didn't give up. He watched it. Three, four, five weeks later, price drop. Ooh, interesting. But it wasn't a good or great deal yet. Stayed on the market, stayed on the market. Boom, 78K gets the deal done. It takes time. It takes weeks. It takes months. That's what a slowdown is all about. Do the math. John, take three of those homes right now and tell us what would be a great deal. Just for fun. This is how you should use the spreadsheet. That's why the spreadsheet is yours to do what you want with. Yeah. Uh, do you think the Fed could raise by 75 basis? Uh, that was something I was thinking about before the Russia invasion. I think there's 0% chance he does it. I am hopeful, and I talked about this a lot in my daily financial news. It almost felt like a rant when I was done. I'm sorry for that. I think Powell might be, and again, it's probably wishful thinking. I think he's setting the market up to raise a half. There's no chance he does it three quarters. No chance. Zero. Not going to happen. I hope he's setting us up for a half, but we'll see. Oh, look at that. Oh, we were just over 100 people. Uh, now we're 99. But I saw it. I saw it. 100. Oh, 102. Look at that. Over 100 people. How cool is that? Uh, Antonio, morning, Mike. What are the most effective ways lower your monthly mortgage payments to turn into a rental and get better cash flow? Um, well, let me make sure I read that right. Yeah, a monthly. So mortgage payments. Well, there's only a couple of your mortgage payments kind of fixed. It's your largest fixed expense. Uh, you could take a you could write a big check and then refi it. It's really the only choice you have because the debt is fixed for hopefully 30 years. Um, yeah, it's really the other side of the equation is income that you would be playing with. I don't know of other ways than writing a big check and doing a rate and term refi that would lower the payment. And again, in a rising rate environment, it probably doesn't make sense. That's why six months ago I was telling everyone, refi, refi, refi. Uh, we did, we did cash out. I did cash out on several properties. One of them, I took cash out and my payment went down. How crazy was that? But yeah, in this environment where rates are up, there's not much you can do other than look to raise income. Can you give us an update on your ADU project? Did you consider modular home for your ADU? Um, God, I wish I could give you a better update. So on January 15th, we had a, our presentation in front of the city and we got the green light um, with one caveat. We had to add a, um, I don't know, um, something over the porch. I don't know what you would call that. Not an awning, but a, something over a porch. That's the one thing we had to change. Um, but it's now back in the process again. It's so painfully slow. And this is crazy because in California, it was supposed to be four months. I'm now six months, nothing. Part of that's okay, though, because given where lumber and supplies are, I'm not even sure I'd start the project yet. Uh, did I consider a modular home? Uh, for a little bit, I did. I got, I got advice 
that that would be frowned upon by the city. And I didn't want to test it. So I did consider it. I think that's the right answer. Um, we do this one time. I may look to do that at the next one. But right now, what is it, March 5th? Jeez, we started this in October. God. I got to ping my architect to see where we're at. But yeah, I'm going to build one today. It's on my vision board. Or I'm going to build one this year. It's on my vision board. But yeah, no wonder we have no homes and no freaking, we don't have enough housing. It takes forever to build a freaking 600 square foot house. Thoughts on taking out a HELOC on a rental property to build an ADU? Um, again, for me, I mean, I, it kind of depends. Uh, if the plan was, hey, I'm going to use a HELOC, build an ADU, and then refi, almost like a burr, I, I might get behind that. But realize the refi is probably going to leave some money in the deal. I've talked to appraisers. Uh, and right now they don't know how to value ADUs. There's just not enough of them. Uh, so a lot of people have talked about doing that. But again, they're talking about it being like a burr project where they take the money out, they spend, 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 and then they refi out later. I think there's a lot of people going to be disappointed when they don't get all their money out. It does. It feels okay. Like the place of the, of the property on Pine that I'm building my ADU I will probably go back and refi it after, assuming rates haven't exploded higher. I shouldn't say probably. It's 50-50 at this point. I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I don't have to, but I I might. 50-50 chance, depending on where rates are. Chester, do you recommend any make-ready cost limits on potential single-family residents? I saw two properties that are over 100K under average asking price for major structural problems. No. Um, if you go back and look at my playlists for property walkthroughs, I bought a house calling it a house was a mistake, but, or it was a structure. I think I spent $42,000 on it to buy it. Then I spent, I want to say And it would have been a great rental to hold, but it's one of those properties I sold, which was a stupid thing to do. Um, no, that's why the spreadsheet's there. Sometimes make ready is zero. Sometimes make ready is a hundred grand. It all works out in the wash. It's all about that yield. You got to be certain if you got a structural problem, you got to be certain you can address it. And it's not a total teardown. Uh, but no. I, I, that, that house, I mean, you could look at the playlist. I did lots of walkthroughs. It was everything changed in that house. Jesus, everything. But yeah, it looks great when it was all done. Yep. Uh, Jiris just closed on number three, too late to join the 500 club to see you with purple hair. Yep. We're going to do purple hair probably next week. Uh, but this is something I want people to realize we're, we're not done counting. Be part of the next 500. So uh, send me a, a DM uh, with your address and I will mail you a card. I bought lots of these. And once those are gone, we're going to do another set. So um, we're not done. Collect them all, right? there will be like trading cards. Keep going. I'm not done. Still spending money. Trying to inspire people. 
So yeah, send me an address. We'll keep going. We're at 5.06 this morning, I think. Um, let's see if we get to 1,000. Let's just keep going. Thanks, Mike. I figured I was also trying to take care of my mom at the same time. But yes, I'll go back underground and keep stacking my money. Let me make sure I understand what that was referenced to, Jay. Oh, okay. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Mike, would you use land trust for investment property or have a lot of insurance or both? Um, I've never used a land trust. I have lots of insurance. I have LLCs, trusts, all of that. Um, land trust is I understand them, which again, I've never used them. So I could be way, way, way wrong. Is about trying to stay, it's like trying to hide. And that's never really bothered me. I, I think it's, that's not my, um, not my concern, at least never was my concern. Uh, but again, I don't, maybe I'm thinking of land trust incorrectly. Maybe there's other benefits. Um, I've chosen LLCs, multiple LLCs, trusts, and insurance. And oh, by the way, let's not forget being a good person with processes. The biggest way to get yourself in trouble as a landlord is not to follow the rules. That's how you get in trouble. Then you have insurance, then you have entities, then you have trusts. Um, yeah. I talked to an attorney, what, um, Rylas every Monday? Maybe ask him or, or another one. Yeah, I don't know about land trusts. Good morning, Michael. Shout out to Matt, a.k.a. Lemjack for his... Yeah. If you haven't uh, seen Business Insider... Uh, our one and only Lumberjack Landlord was featured, I think it was Wednesday, Tuesday. Yeah, it was a great article. Congrats to him and his family. Ryan, tell them you have a 30% yield on that deal. Mike is referring to just worth mentioning. Ryan, I don't know what he's talking about. Ryan, Ryan, let's go back. What is Ryan doing? I don't know what, I don't know what it's referenced to. Yeah, I don't know what that's referenced to, Ryan, 30% yield. Ryan, tell them you have a 30% yield on that deal Mike is referring to just... Oh, um, I think you're talking about the deal in the Facebook group. Yeah. Ryan's crushing it. Do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Oh, you can recast your mortgage payment with a lump sum payment without refinancing. Oh, who knew? I've never done that. I've never even thought about doing that, but cool. Good to know. I didn't know that. Chester, I did what you mentioned a second ago about the what prices would cash flow in my market. I have to knock 100 to 110k off each property. Talk about inflation! Wow, crazy. But at least you know. At least you know. DM, yeah, you can DM me on Facebook, Instagram, one rental at a time. Probably Instagram's easiest. But yeah, wherever you like. That'd be great. And I will send you a card tomorrow after giving you a shout out on the daily financial news.
have a few rental properties. Think about selling the one I just moved out of because I can sell it as my primary. Cash flow is a thousand bucks a month. I can profit 500K now, sell or keep. <coughs> so basically what you're referring to, just so others can keep up, is um, real estate has a wonderful, outstanding tax benefit if you've lived in your primary home two of the last five years. If that is you, you and you're married, you can sell it and walk away five with five hundred up to five hundred thousand dollars tax free, and uh, you can do that as many times as you want. It's not a one time thing. Decades ago, it was a one time thing. Um, wow, let me think about that. Basically, so selling it for five hundred grand. I don't know, saves you taxes of what? 100,000 bucks, 150 grand. You get to keep first giving it to the IRS. You're giving up a thousand bucks a month or 12 grand a year. I don't know. I guess it all boils down to what you would do with the money. Because again, if you don't sell it just to play devil's advocate, you still have a thousand bucks a month. You still have all that equity. Um, yeah. So the question is what, what, I guess what I would ask you is what would you do with the extra 150 grand? Cause that's really what we're talking about. That's the question. And unless Ryan, I had a plan for that 150 grand, I don't know that I would sell if I had a plan and that plan could be anything. Maybe it's to fund your college or your kid's college education. That's great. Maybe it's to, I don't know. Do I mean, if you have a plan for it, again, I I believe there's so much benefit in the IRS tax code for real estate that people don't take advantage of. And that is one big one, is being able to sell your primary residence that you've lived in two of the last five years and walk away with half, a, you know, up to a half a million bucks. So yeah, that's that's probably what I would ask myself is, all right, Olivia, what are we, what are we going to do with the extra 150? And if I had a good plan for that, yeah, I'd probably sell. If I don't have a plan, I'd get a plan. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, I'm going to check out Matt. Uh, Dion from Financial Freedom have an article in BI yet? Not yet. Uh, a little birdie told me it may be in the works, but um, Business Insider is, um, you know, they're, I think one is in the works, knock on wood, hopefully. Ryan, buy a duplex if I can find one. So that, yeah. So that's the plan. Is the duplex going to produce more than the house? This is the trade-off, right? Uh, I, very, I, I don't make decisions based off taxes. Uh, but yeah, I hope, yeah. There's nothing wrong with having dry powder too. I mean, in today's environment, uh, I don't know. It, let me just think. If Olivia and I moved, let's just say we moved to LA for whatever reason, what would we do with Mountain View?
Uh, we probably sell. Dion is too private to do an article. Bah, that's laughable. That's funny. Lewis, are we close to a crash? Well, the crash in what? Not in real, not in residential, single family homes, not nationally. Probably a couple little markets where pr prices could go down, but I don't see a real estate crash coming. It's not set up for it. Could we see a crash in commercial properties? Absolutely. But even that's probably a couple years out. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to have a crash when you have good financing and you have cash flow. Yeah. Where do you see affordability index headed? I know it really depends on your market. Yeah. It's uh generally speaking, it's gonna go lower which means less people can afford, but that's, that's what needs to happen. I've tried to be clear the last couple of weeks. We don't have a supply problem. There's plenty of homes for sale. It's just, we have too much demand. And the only way to fix demand is to make a, a less affordable, which means higher prices and higher interest rates. The question is, does it go from my market 42 to 25? I don't know. That's, that's a big jump. Could it? Sure. If it does, I'll sell some. But that's the question, right? The other question is wages. That's how that's how real estate can double. Wages go up. I don't know where wages are going. And that's the third variable in the affordability discussion. Yep. Once Googlers get back to going to the office, anything in Mountain View would probably be an amazing long-term rental. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, we're really close. We're less than a mile away. Good morning, Kenny. How are you? Yeah, we could do a room by the rent or something. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly could. Yeah, Ryan, what I would tell you in this situation is uh, <clears throat> the good news is you don't have to make a decision. So that's always good. No pressure. But yeah, I would spend a month or so figuring out what's going on in the market. <coughs> yeah, but it's, there's really no bad outcome, right? You sell it, you pay no taxes or you keep it, you have the equity. And again, you have up to five years or three more years. Sounds like you just moved out. So it's not like you have to make a decision today. <clears throat> yep. All right. Well, there was my alarm. I'm going to shut this down. 108 people watching, 50 thumbs up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we will be going over to our private Facebook group here in about five minutes. Take care, everyone. Have fun. Bye. <laughs>